Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode in our magnificent series on Azure. Um, this evening, I am very excited to have Mike Nelson with us, and as a co-host, the lovely and talented Ken Nalbone. Ken? Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't give him the heads up that I was going to say lovely and talented. Um, yeah. Before before we get into neither much are true, by the way. <laughs> Lies. Lies again. Um, a couple of quick notes before we get started. Before Mike just hangs up on us and says, "Yeah, screw these people." Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, a couple of quick notes. Please get in on the conversation. Uh, we will be watching the at vbrownbag and hashtag vbrownbag Twitter feeds um, online, as well as listening to the uh, the question and chat boxes within the live feed from, from our live studio audience. Um, once again, uh, my name, excuse me, our guest tonight is Mike Nelson. He is at Nell Media. Uh, I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Williams. I'm at Mistwire. Ken, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Ken Nalbone, and I am on Twitter as at Ken Nalbone. Awesome. Cool. So without further ado, let us give Mr. Nelson the keys to the kingdom. And here you go, sir. No, don't kick him off. Make him presenter. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Let me uh, switch over to that one, and let me see if you can – can you see that? We can see your screen, sir. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Key tweakers. Oh, that's a great. That's a great URL. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I, I picked that up like uh, four or five years ago when I was working for a cloud provider, and um, the my actual my boss picked up cloud tweakers. So he came down and he was like, he he did cloud tweakers, and I said, oh, I got to do geek tweakers, and you know, it was just tweakers after that. But uh, yeah. So um, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that. Uh, um, this was kind of a last-minute thing, so uh, if any folks, you know, were kind of, you know, depressed because they thought that, you know, Mike Nelson's coming on, I don't want to be on back tonight. Uh, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a rocking show for you, okay? So what I'm gonna talk about is I'm gonna talk about Azure troubleshooting. And I know in the series you've gone through uh, VMs, you've gone through network, and you've gone through storage. Is that right? That's pretty much the gist of what you've done so far. Yes, that's correct. All right, awesome. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cover a little bit of troubleshooting. I'm not gonna get into um, application you know, troubleshooting. I can show that to you, but I'm not a developer. I couldn't, I couldn't you know, code my way out of wet paper bag, um, but I could script my way out of it, um, but I couldn't code out of it. So uh, I'm not big on development. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm into containers and stuff like that, but not DevOps. So we're going to focus mainly on infrastructure. We're going to focus on, the, um, again, the storage, the networking, the VMs, and uh, even touch, you know, maybe Azure Active Directory, stuff like that. Okay, so as you can see, uh, I'm actually a, a, a TME for Rubrik. Um, I work with uh, uh, Chris Wall and uh, Andrew Miller and Rebecca Fitzhugh and a whole bunch of other really talented people um, over at Rubrik. Um, I just uh, just uh, got on with them. I'm a Microsoft MVP and Cloud and Data uh, Data Center Management, an Azure Advisor, a Citrix CTP, and a VMware V Expert. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, what we're gonna talk about is troubleshooting Azure. Now, the big thing about uh, when I open up talks about this is around you know, the, the administrator, the IT generalist, if you will. Now, what we've lived with for years and years as years is we've lived with 
having, you know, being able to walk up to a server and physically touch a server. And it, when we have a network problem or we have a, a, a disk problem or we have um, anything else that could go wrong with the core four inside of a box, we're able to walk up to that box, we're able to pull the cover off, we're able to replug wires in, we're able to swap cables, you know, so on and so forth. When we need to troubleshoot something with that machine, okay, um, we can't do that anymore with the cloud. You, you can't go up and touch it. You can't you can't walk into a data center and, and carry a cable in and say, hey, can you plug this cable into that server that my VM is running on out of the other you know, 400,000 VMs that are running inside of this data center. You can't do that anymore. Um, so you really have to, to think about troubleshooting in a different perspective. And I, I think of it as, as actually thinking about troubleshooting on a different plane, if you will, because you, you have to take it from a virtual perspective and understand what tools you can use, even though you can't physically see or touch what you're, what you're actually trying to troubleshoot. Now, some will say, well, when you're troubleshooting the network, you can't see or touch it. Well, kind of, you know, because I know a lot of network guys that unless they, you know, unless they can pull up, you know, plug in a serial cable to a, to a router or a switch, they're not happy. You know, they're like, I got to have my serial connection. I got to have, you <laughs> know, I got, yeah, I mean, you know, that they were born and raised that way. And maybe it's because we're a little bit older. Yeah, I'm old. But, you know, the younger, the, the younger, the younger folks that are coming out of college, they were, they're raised on cloud, you know, they're raised on this stuff. So they have a, they have an immediate understanding of it. They don't know of the pain and trials and tribulations that we've gone through um, in the past. So um, you have to think about it on a different plane. And as you know, the, the slide I'm showing, I'm just trying to give it an example is you never really know what door to open. You know, you have no clue when you start there and, and if you've never worked in the cloud as how to troubleshoot things in the cloud. And I'm going to try and help you out there. I'm going to try and, and, and see if I can give you some avenues into um, how to do that in Azure. So Azure is made up of this huge amount of services. You guys have probably seen this slide. It's a Microsoft slide. Um, actually, this is only a quarter of what Azure services uh, Azure gives you as a service, okay? Their infrastructure is a service, their platform is a service, okay? All of the, everything that they have there, the software as a service, everything that they have, okay, you can drill down on every one of these and, and still pull up maybe a half a dozen to a dozen more services that they give you, okay? So it's, it's, it's massive. It may not even be what your data center looks like. Your data center may consist of, you know, three or four, uh, VMware hosts, you know, that are that are running 30 or 40 VMs, um, but then you may be working for a large enterprise or or something like that that is, you know, running thousands of VMs. Um, it's all it has to be put into perspective. And when you're talking about Azure, there's also something about you know who's responsible for what. All right, so when you when you go to a cloud. Provider. Now, this isn't just Microsoft. This is this is uh, Amazon. This is Google. Um, any other the the hybrid cloud providers, Rackspace, whoever, they have what they call um, their area of responsibility. And when you're looking at on-premises, obviously you manage everything that's on-premises. But if you look at infrastructure as a service, you only manage portion of it. The other half is managed by the cloud provider. 
as you get the platform as a service, it's even less. Software as a service, you have no management whatsoever, okay, into any of those categories. So when you, you have no management, but you also have no ability to really troubleshoot, okay? So as you go up the stack, it gets, you know, a little different, and you, you have to adjust the way you troubleshoot. Now, one of the biggest things I'm going to push here, I, and just so everybody knows, I've only got like five or six slides. We're almost done here. Everything else is going to be demo. Um, but what I want to push now is uh, the thought to you that you have to be extremely careful. And I, I say this on every single presentation I give about Azure because I will tell you the number one question and the number one complaint that I get from customers and clients and you know folks out in the field and uh, you know people who are just starting out in Azure is consumption okay so they will totally freak out they'll be like um, hey I signed up for Azure I got all this stuff running uh, you know I had the free tier and then they shut everything down they suspended it well yeah because you hit your consumption limit right um, or I had a uh, insurance provider uh, who you know 20 20 some thousand dollars in credits um, that they get with their EA agreement um, all of a sudden you know a couple SQL DBAs get in there uh, some of the operations folks start throwing stuff up there some of the development folks start throwing stuff up there and all of a sudden they start getting these bills and they're like why am I getting these bills when I have all these credits well because you've already consumed all of your credits and there are certain services inside of any cloud provider, uh, notwithstanding Azure, that consume more credits than others. And I will tell you that storage is a big one. Okay, um, egress of network is a is a big one. And then obviously the VM, um, the VM actual consumption of CPU, RAM, um, and then you get into platform services like managed services like SQL and stuff like that. So uh, you have to be concerned about consumption. You also have to be concerned about limits, and I'm going to go show that in the actual demo that I do, um, because every subscription that you get into Azure has a limit. Okay, you can only do certain things inside of a subscription. If you get the free tier, it's even more limited than an actual paid tier. All right, so when you go into a, a paid tier, you know you're only allowed 20 CPUs inside of one sub, the virtual CPUs. And I don't know if many folks knew that. They're thinking, well. Hell, I can take my entire infrastructure of my financial application, which is like 30 boxes, okay, at four procs each, and be able to throw that up into a sub, no problem. Uh, no, okay, you, you can't do that. So you have to be careful. And when you do, if you do do something like that, you have to understand that it even gets more cloudy on how to troubleshoot. All right, so the one question I have for the two guys that, uh, you know, uh, for uh, Ken, um, and Chris is in the consumption and limits picture you're looking at right now. What is this picture from? What movie is this picture from? That would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation <laughs> when he lights up the Christmas lights, of course. Yes, it would. You are the first person that's gotten that. I am totally impressed. I'm totally impressed. Yes. I know me some Christmas <laughs> Vacation. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. So. Uh, one thing I will point out, and this is the next thing on the slide, is in order to uh, combat the, the consumption a little bit, you can do something called the ARO Toolkit. So if you ever want to, you know, take a look at actually what you're consuming, it's the, you know, Azure Resource Optimization Toolkit, they call it, the ARO. 
and I encourage everyone to uh, use it, that toolkit from Microsoft because it can actually, you know, trim down what you're actually consuming if you're not using it. Okay, so like, you know, VMs that are kind of like VRO, right? So um, it can it can tell you what are stale VMs and and unused resources and things like that. Cool. Now, the one thing I do want to tell you is that in this picture, a single pane of glass monitoring is a myth. I don't care what anybody says. So far, there's no way you could create a single pane of glass that anyone could even comprehend. Um, everything that you wanted to monitor, everything that you wanted to alert on, it's just not possible. Okay. Uh, if anybody can show me that it is possible, um, I'll show you a room like this or even more. You know, because uh, it's, 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 a, it's a pipe dream. It really is. It's something, it's utopia. And uh, if you're talking about just monitoring a single application, sure. But if you want to monitor, monitor an entire, entire infrastructure, if you want to be able to troubleshoot when all of a sudden everything on these screens turns red or turns yellow, okay, you, you need a way to, to visualize all that. That is literally okay. my dream man cave right there, by the way. I just want to throw them out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. I just, I don't know why they keep, they use all these little monitors. I would probably just get one big wraparound one that's like 80 inches or something, you know. And, and a couple for the sides. I, I'm with you. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to first show you this, and then we're going to get into demos. This is what I call the troubleshooting, okay, the points of interest, if you will. The POI, all right? When you look at Azure, there's certain things that you have to understand about Azure. In order to make connectivity to Azure, you have to have something like a VPN or an express route, okay? So if anybody doesn't know what an express route is, it's actually a, uh, a redundant uh, dedicated connection to Azure, okay? Um, a site-to-site -site VPN, obviously, every, you know, everybody should know what that is. But you need that connectivity. I can tell you in probably... 60% of the issues that I have people asking me about is all about how to connect to Azure and the latency of connecting to Azure, the you know um, slowness of accessing their application or their remote desktops or whatever have you. Um, it all has to do with that, that, that connection between the two. And you're really looking at a couple of things. You're looking at the size of the connection. You're looking at what else you're running over that connection. If you're running a VPN, it's not the only thing you're running, okay? Um, so the VPN is only getting a, 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 a chunk of the pipe. Um, but also, you're dealing with the laws of physics, all right? You simply can't go faster than X. It's, it's, you, can't go, you, you can't go 10 times the speed of light. It's just not possible. Okay, so yeah, you're, you're not, yeah, I mean, you're not talking about something that is like inside of your data center that's like a floor below you or right next to you or what have you. It's halfway across the country, okay? So, and we're not just talking SaaS, we're talking infrastructure as well. So the next thing is we're talking about is the actual tenant. You have a tenant account. These are all troubleshooting POIs. These are things that you should be looking at if you're trying to troubleshoot something that's going on in Azure. You look at the tenant, you look at the account, you look at, at what limitations the account may have on spending or actual uh, uh, permissions and things like that. 
then you start getting into the actual subscription. The subscription is actually different. The subscription can be, you know, you can have a hundred subscriptions inside of one tenant, or you can have one subscription to one tenant, like a pay-as-you-go. Okay. Um, then you start looking at the directory. You have to have a directory inside of Azure. Okay. And it's not necessarily an Azure Azure Active Directory. It has to be a like it could be a control directory. It could be and by a control directory I mean it could be um, you know XYZ at onmicrosoft.com. If you have a directory that's on Microsoft.com, that is called a control directory. And what that is is that's the way to actually it's kind of like a backdoor into your account. Okay, you can always access that directory underneath any other directories that you put on top of it, like xyzcorp.com. Okay, and then you have the resource groups and the manage resource groups. So your resource groups, you know, the RGs is where you have all of your things put together in logical units, right? Now, when you look at managed resource groups, those are managed by Azure, and you're just you're just paying for what Azure says you're using. Okay, so you 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 really can't see what that you know what some of those things are doing. You're just paying Azure, you know, to use those like managed disks. So you can switch to managed disks. Managed disks are actually put into somewhere else inside of Azure. Okay, not inside of your resource group. So you're not directly responsible for them. You know, Azure takes care of those disks, but you're just you're just paying on consumption of the disk. Okay, so the old adage people would ask is like, where's my data? When I go to the cloud, where's my data? Well, it's gotten even cloudier, excuse the pun, because with managed services, you really don't know where your data is. Okay, I mean, it could be spread across multiple data centers, multiple regions, so on and so forth. Okay, so we're gonna get into tool sets a little bit. Uh, these are the IBTs, uh, the inbox tools, We'll talk a little bit about that. Anybody, can any, either of you tell me what an IB, what I, an example of an IBT? Mm, I cannot. Nor no. can I. Nor can oh, I. You, can. you In, could. Inbox tools. Yep. Uh, how about one that starts with perf and ends with mon? Oh, come on. Or <laughs> inbox. And in, that's what, an inbox tool? <laughs> yeah, they call it, in Microsoft they call it IBT. Okay. So, yeah, so an inbox tool is like your 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 event viewer. Mm, sure. Your, you know, yeah, um, any of those tools that you use, your Perpmon, um, all those administrative tools, can, even control panels, considered an IBT. Then you have something called ICTs. Those are in-cloud tools. Those are the ones that are in Azure um, or in a cloud somewhere outside of, uh, of an actual server operating system or a desktop operating system. Gotcha. And then we have the hybrid tools, the ones that work in between. And then lastly, external tools. Microsoft is, has some external tools like SCCM. Okay, so you can have on-site SCCM to help you troubleshoot things that are happening up in Azure. Okay. Um, and then they also have now, um, it's kind of classified as a hybrid, could be an external, is uh, the uh, server admin, okay, the Windows server admin tool. Um, they have uh, external tools, could be uh, some open source like Grafana, you know. Uh, uh, it could be something, uh, you know, that is a tool that you already have, like SolarWinds or whatever, I don't know. But 
those are all tools that can do things um, on premises or in their own cloud that can talk to Azure or talk to AWS or talk to Google Cloud or talk wherever. Okay. So I'm going to show you Grafana actually in a little bit. All right, that's it. We're going to go to demos. Uh, enough slides for now. Okay. All right. So here we go. Now for the now, audience, this is a live demo, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And oh yeah. Live this demos is... never go wrong on V round bag. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope not. I'm well, tempting fate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so so you just jinxed me. So I, I appreciate that. No, really, it's, I do. It, it's actually an it's actually an anti-jinx. When when whenever I don't say that, then everything goes goes south. You can ask Cody. You can ask Cody Diarcon about that. When when I when I say that, when I when I taunt the the demo gods, then for some reason it works. So it's like a reverse jinx. <laughs> That's awesome. I hope it works because what what you see on my screen is actual on dashboard, right? So you log in. My dashboard might be a different color because you can customize the colors, right? So I, I like dark. I'm you know I like dark rooms. I'm sitting here with like no light or anything. Anyways, um, kind of like a knock. But um, you'll notice on my screen something called service help. And when you're troubleshooting in Azure, one of the first things you should look at is, hey, is it really something with my infrastructure or is it with Azure? And a perfect example of that is today, right? Because East Coast, um, Microsoft actually had two of their data centers on the East Coast under what they call the region East US2 um, that had a fiber cut about five kilometers away from the data centers. And it was a construction fiber cut and they cut clean through. And uh, so they have had a disruption uh, all, pretty much all day today. Um, and one of the uh, side effects is that it affects other services. And when a person uh, has or uh, when you have an account and a subscription in Azure, you can create infrastructure and services in different regions. So some of my stuff is actually running in the eastern region. And that means that stuff is affected. Okay. But my stuff that's running on the west coast is not affected or my stuff that's running in central is, is not affected, okay? So right now, you could actually, I could take those things and I could move those, because you could you could move those to another region, but it's really, right now, that's really difficult to do. Number one, because of the latency that's involved um, in the actual move, if you're talking about big, you know, disks and stuff like that, it's actually got to move across the wire. So you really, you don't want to do that. Um, but you'll also notice we have an outage for a VPN gateway. So I have a VPN gateway um, set up at my home that goes up to 365, okay, into Azure. Actually, it's Office 365 is Azure. But I have a, a VPN gateway, so they're having problems with that. So my gateway right now is dead, okay? It's an intermittent connection, but that pretty much means you can't do much with it, right? So when you're actually in here, you can click on this, and, you know, it'll bring up the actual maintenance. Now, you'll notice that my portal is running really slow. And the reason for that is because of what's going on on Azure. So hopefully we can get through this. Now, what you'll notice is when you look in here, you can look in here and it'll tell you what your potential impact is. Okay, so first it'll give you what the actual problem was and then it'll tell you the impact. And then you can click on view details where it'll actually bring you to your resources that it thinks it's going to impact. Okay, so that's really kind of cool because they're they're kind of predicting or giving you some kind of a heads up saying, hey, 
these resources could be predict uh, could be affected. You might want to you know inform your users or do this or you know have a backup plan, whatever. Um, and you can go through both of these. Um, but the one that actually isn't showing the service issue because I updated this. Um, I don't think I have a history on that. I'm going to show you actually another browser window. You can actually go to an actual status page for Azure, okay, which everyone can see. And if you refresh that, um, oh, now they say they fixed it. Okay, so the network error has been fixed. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Everything looks green. You can go down. You can always see in Azure if you're in a different region. I'm not sure where you are or if you're with Azure government. You can actually see the difference, you know, and, and what your status is. But that's really kind of a cool thing to do is uh, be able to right off the bat see if anything affects you that may be affecting, you know, Azure. And then you can also look at plan maintenance. If they actually have any plan maintenance outages they're going to have, if they have any health advisories, okay, which health advisories are, are more like, hey, this NAP provider is having kind of a, a, a meltdown, you know, they lost a router and it could affect, you know, services to Azure or, you know, something like that. So that's pretty much just looking at the, the Azure Health in, in general. Um, the next thing I want to get to right off the bat is a couple of external tools. And the reason why I'm going to do the external tool is because these are things that you can really use to troubleshoot your network connectivity. That first POI that I talked about, the ability to troubleshoot, hey, I, my app is slow in Azure, so on and so forth. There's three tools that I always lean on. Okay, one is called AzureSpeed.com. So if you go to AzureSpeed.com, it'll actually test out latency from different regions in Azure. Okay, and you can pick different, you know, Europe, Asia, but it can do other things too. It can do a content test. Um, it can actually do a PS ping latency test, a download speed test. You know, there's a bunch of other things that it can do. And then it's got a bunch of, you know, regions, environments, stuff like that. But it's really kind of cool because it will run the test and it'll tell you what the latency is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And right now I'm just screaming right along hmm. according to this, which I find hard to believe. But, oh, yeah, you turn the CDN test off. Look at that. Wow, bad guys. Bad guys. Oh, bad guys. <clears throat> so this is one test that you can do. Excuse me for a second. I have to cough. Hmm. Sorry about that. Um, one of the things, yeah. One of the things you can use is also something called Cloud Harmony. Now, Cloud Harmony um, is something that's owned by Gartner, which you know, yay, boo, yay, whatever. Um, anyways, <clears throat> it's really a good tool that you can use because what you can do is you can do all kinds of network performance tests, networks tests. Um, you can even look at service status for providers. So you can actually go through all these providers and see, well, Amazon EC2 and Northeast 2, wow, you're getting an outage. You had two outages for 7.5 minutes. Okay, um, you can see all this. Look at CenturyLink cloud servers, 100. Wow, a lot of outages. Um, so you can go through and look at all this and it monitors all that. Faction Cloud, GoGrid, these are all hybrid. And then you get into Google. <clears throat> and Azure's on here too, right? So you can get a really good uh, server status, but then you can also filter on the different aspects, DNS, delivery, storage, and compute. 
right? So it'll actually tell you what the availability is for compute over 30 days, okay? That's kind of cool stuff. I mean, that's good good research stuff, but it's also good troubleshooting stuff. Here's where you go in and actually can run a network test, okay? So you can test an actual, you know, uh, test to, uh, if I say compute, and it's gonna wanna do uh, an Amazon, let me do a uh, Amazon test for 15 seconds. You know, it'll run through and it'll actually run the test and it'll give you latency numbers, okay? Now, obviously I should be doing this for Azure, but I don't wanna take the time to, to, to hunt down the Azure one. Um, but that's really a good tool. And then you have Azure Speed Test, which is also a really quick and easy tool that'll just give you the latency from the browser, from your browser now. This isn't from your your switch or your network or anything like that. This is from your browser. And this is telling you what your millisecond latency is. Um, you'll notice once we start going over the pond, okay, that's when we hit over 100, what is it, 120 is kind of like standard for heading over the pond. Um, you'll notice that it breaks from going to, you know, west is 95 right now, 129 to France. Cool. Um, but then you get down to Brazil and you're at, you know, 300. So if you have anybody that works like, uh, you know, development, offshore development or offshore teams, um, this is a good place to look on actual latency of where they are located, which I've had to do a couple times is, you know, hey, I got some over folks over in Dubai and we need to, you know, find out what their latency is right now. So those are some external tools that I wanted to show you, okay? I'm gonna get back to the internal tools here, okay? So one of the first things you have to know uh, about Azure is Azure has something you can, yeah, all these services that I have, these are my favorites, right? But you can go to all services, and if you go to all services, literally, look at all this. I mean, you can travel for days looking through this stuff and trying to figure out what everything is. But if you actually have one that's called Troubleshooter, and I'm like, oh wow, you got one that's actually called Troubleshooter. That that's probably pretty helpful, right? Um, well, not really, okay? Because Azure's version of Troubleshoot is actually troubleshooting user issues with Intune. <laughs> okay, so if you're dealing with a user issue that's attached to Intune, then yeah, that's awesome, okay? But if you're not, then not so much. Okay, so. The biggest thing you that you need to, to, to look at in Azure is something called Monitor, Azure Monitor, all right? So Azure Monitor is now going to be the central location for everything Azure uh, monitoring, alerting, metrics, okay, um, and analytics. That's gonna be uh, the central point. Everything is, is being moved into there that is external right now, and you know this is gonna be like the, the core is gonna be monitoring. So when you're inside of Monitor, you can actually go in and you can do things like set up alerts, do metrics, you know, look at the metrics that you want to, um, look at log analytics, that's kind of really important, and I'll show that in a second, um, being able to see what's happening. You can look at your service health, which is what I showed you before, right? Then you start getting into actual solutions around Network Watcher. Network Watcher allows you to do like packet captures, okay? Wire data, being able to look at wire data, being able to look at um, flow, okay, from the uh, network gateways and the load balancers that are inside of Azure. So you can actually capture network flow. 
and uh, put it into you know a table or put it into uh, a database and being able to or, or even export it to a third-party tool you know like Splunk or something like that you can export all this data the one thing that people don't realize realize about Azure and this is true with a couple other cloud providers I'm not going to say who is and who, who does and who doesn't do this but pretty much every resource that you create inside of it is is logging something okay so there's something being logged about that resource you create a VM there's things activity logs being created there's basic logs about CPU RAM and things like that being logged if you create a SQL database as a service there are logs that are being collected about that so there's always logs around every resource that you create okay so what we're going to do here you can go even further you can go into diagnostic settings action groups you can auto scale all kinds of cool stuff right one of the things is okay Azure recommendation advisor recommendations you can come out here and monitor do advisor recommendations and what this does is this scans your entire uh, subscriptions all your subscriptions and it gives you recommendations about the health and things like that now when you're troubleshooting this is kind of cool because what it can do is it can tell you that there are some things that are impacted like the security Maybe something happens security-wise and you need to take a look at it. Okay, you can go in here and you can take a look at it, all right, and see what those resources are. You could also, you know, from a security, go right into log analytics. Now, I'm not sure for, if anybody's familiar with um, OMS, okay, the, the OMS, uh, um, the uh, operations management suite from Microsoft, but OMS is actually an external thing now that's being brought into Monitor. And OMS is like this huge data repository of all these, you know, metrics and graphs and, and charts and tables. And it's just, you know, a collection of, of data. But you have the ability now to bring that all into Monitor, into Azure. So I can take a look and just, you know, run a query against all the logs and everything. And it, I can pick up all this stuff about, you know, uh, everything that I'm running in my environment. These are my machines, my compute machines. Okay, this is telling me about this compute machine, um, you know, uh, and the heartbeats. Okay, all that kind of stuff. Now, I will tell you, this is something that you need to take time and understand mm -hmm. because it's it's not it's not like you can just go ahead and run this thing. I mean, Microsoft would lead you to believe that, but when you start getting to actual queries, when you start getting into here and actually, you know, looking at, queries and how they're done. This is done with actually called something called the Cusco language, um, which is something created uh, by Microsoft. But it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not for the faint in heart when you're talking about an administrator that's really never done, you know, SQL queries or, or, or anything against a, a, a security database or anything like that. Okay. And when you get into advanced analytics, that's when it actually brings you out to the OMS portal. Now, some folks will actually, you know, look at this analytics portal and say, "Ah, oh, I remember this portal." Yeah, this, this is the actual, you know, part of Ops Manager. Um, you can actually go in and you can look at change tracking. Um, you know, take a look at what actually changed. This is kind of important in troubleshooting. This can tell you things that happen, you know, to every one of your resources. If somebody changed something inside of your resource, if somebody went in and and Ops Manager did an update, but if I um, went in and, and looked at computers, 
So I do a computer as well. I don't have a computer to search against, but let's see if I have, yeah, I don't have a computer to search against. But you'd be able to actually go in and take a look at what changes were done on that computer. I think I can bring that up on OMS though. I think I'll try that. Oh, that's the analytics. Go back to monitor. How many seconds with a brain? This is the actual metrics. These are the metrics that you can actually look at. So you can create charts and do all that kind of fun stuff um, where you can, you know, select a source, um, change your, your uh, subscriptions. Um, oops, I want to do that. Uh, say I want to look at, uh, boy, what do I want to look at? look at that and say I have this machine okay so it'll tell me what can I look at in this machine I want to look at the guests I want to look at the percent you know I'm having problems with the disk so I want to look at the percentage of disk time and it'll lay that metric out for me now I'm not going to be able to pull up any data on this machine probably because I, I haven't run it for that long but you get an idea this is kind of like for folks that don't remember perfmon right so if you think about Perfmon, you're you're kind of applying the same the same thought, the same train of thought to this. All right. So when you get into metrics, there we go. So data starts to show up about what this what this is doing. Okay. So I'm not trying to you know I'm not trying to jump around, but it's really it's really incumbent to understand that again everything is going to happen happen within this monitor screen. If you go into uh, analytics and logs, into log search like we were in there before, um, again, going out and just checking for, uh, you know, uh, what the heartbeats for Windows machines or count the number of distinct computers, okay, things like that. Um, being able to go into um, things like the diagnostic settings where you can actually look at what your diagnostic settings are set at. And if we go down here, I think I have some in here. I've got a lot of stuff in here. Okay, so I actually have um, some machines in here. If you wanted to, this is a network security group, and these are public IP addresses. So I can go into a network security group like I have here, and I can enable diagnostics. Okay, and when I do enable it, turn on the diagnostics, it'll ask me, hey, do you want to archive it to a storage account? Do you want to stream it to an event hub? or just send it to log analytics, okay? And then it's actually gonna log all this information. So if you're trying to troubleshoot why a person can't get to a server or why this application can't talk out this port, okay? This is a good place to, start to look at, to actually, you know, looking at the diagnostic settings and being able to collect that data. Kind of looking like, kind of like looking at a, the firewall settings or, or looking at the firewall event log and determining what's being blocked and what's not. Very cool. Now, one of the things I do want to show, um, I'll come back to this, but Microsoft just recently came out with something, and I don't know if anybody's have heard of this, but it's something called Perf Insights. And if you haven't heard about Perf Insights, this is actually the tool that Microsoft created to help you troubleshoot VMs inside of Azure. Now, when you go into a VM inside of Azure, 
and I'm just going to pick one here. Where's the one I just made, the 2016 box? If you go into the VM in Azure, you obviously get these nice little graphs. You can say, hey, I'm really having a problem trying to understand what's going on with this box. Um, for some reason, it's going up and down or something like that. I just don't know. Um, you can actually go into monitoring. You can assign alerts to that box. Alerting goes to a central repository. You can have it email you. You can have it send you SMS, so on and so forth. You can take a look at the metrics, okay? You can you can look at the diagnostic settings. So if this machine actually has diagnostics turned on, you can take a look at the event logs if it's being collected. You can look at performance counters. You can crash dumps. You know, all those things you can look at. You can configure it all here and be able to troubleshoot this VM, okay? You can even do boot diagnostics. So if you reboot the box, you know, that, that when you're rebooting, obviously you can't see the machine boot. In, in the cloud, but you can collect the boot diagnostics. Now that boot diagnostics will even go so far as to grab a recording of the machine that as it's booting. So it'll grab a screen recording of the machine as it's booting, okay? So you can actually see if something is happening during the boot process that's causing a driver to be, you know, missed or something like that. It's, it's, you know, not so much helpful on the Windows side as much anymore, more on the Linux side, or if you're running things like Server Core, you know, you, it, it's more helpful. The full GUI, though, obviously, you get that nice little spinning Windows logo, and, you know, you really, you really don't see a boot process happening, right? But it does collect everything that's happening in the background, okay? Another th cool thing is you can diagram exactly what this machine is connecting to. You know, so you can actually see firsthand, hey, this machine has got this disk attached to it. It's connected to this virtual network, and it's more visual, right? You can actually, you can actually see this, you know, um, from a visual point of view. Some people, you know, it helps them with troubleshooting um, rather than trying to figure it out. These are the actual agents that are installed on this box. I have several uh, extensions, they're called, which I can show you real quick. That's kind of a key point too. <clears throat> when you build a box, you can actually create uh, add extensions. There's one called the Network Watcher extension. There's one called Performance Diagnostics, okay? Um, IS Diagnostics and Microsoft Monitoring Agent. Okay, these are all important extensions that you should add to a virtual machine if you wanna, you know, that don't cause, they don't add a lot of overhead to the machine, but they really help you in troubleshooting. I'm kind of I'm kind of running through this a little bit quicker than I'd like to um, for the simple fact of time. But uh, uh, one of the one of the last things I want to get to is when you get down to here, they actually created something called the serial console. So you can actually connect to a serial console of the VM, which is really kind of cool if you think about it. I mean, you can get to the back end, a back door of a VM by going through the serial port. A virtual serial port that it has is, but I mean, you actually have ability. If you connect to the serial port, you actually have the ability to do things inside of there. You, you can reset the administrator password. You know, it's kind of like a backdoor little menu that you you can hmm. do things to to bring that machine back to life. Okay, it's really kind of cool. <clears throat> I do a full demo on it, but. Um, again, time. Now, this brings me to the point of I know there's a lot of VMware folks out there, so you guys are familiar with PowerCLI and PowerShell, right? So I hope everybody knows about the shell, 
where you can go to you know shell.azure.com and you can just open up a PowerShell um, directly to your to your subscription in Azure, and you can execute commands against it. Um, if you don't know about that, I encourage you. Um, this is actually a Bash shell that you can run. So if you're running Linux, uh, but if you want to switch over to PowerShell, you just click there, and it'll actually start up a PowerShell session for you. <clears throat> and you can load modules in here. You, you, there's actual uh, a storage um, account or a storage uh, blob behind this, so you can load modules. You can you know do things like that. Obviously, you can't you know um, you can't uh, bring the entire Power CLI into it. Um, you'd be able to bring in portions of it, but the you know there's some DLLs and things I don't think you can do. So right here, I just I have a PowerShell prompt that I can you know go ahead and do whatever I want. It even gives you you know a cloud drive where you can save files if you need to. It's just a little a little drive you can use. Hmm. So this is really kind of cool. Hmm. Also, I mean, it helps folks. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I do a lot of trouble uh, troubleshooting with PowerShell because it's much quicker, and especially when you're dealing with issues with the portal through the, the browser and the GUI. Um, I like to do things, you know, command line. I mean, I, I was raised that way on the Linux platform, and it's just something I do. So if we have any other folks that like to do that, I encourage you to to use this as your troubleshooting tool. Now, obviously, you can do that inside of the portal, too, for those of you who don't know. I mean, here's a serial count, count, uh, closed already. But inside of here, you can click on uh, this, and it actually brings up a, a shell window down here. So you can run it there as well. All right. So what I do want to show you is I want to show you the Perf Insights. Now, Perf Insights, when I showed you the extensions, if you install this extension, Azure Performance Diagnostics, this is this will install Perf Insights directly to the machine. Okay, you don't have to do anything; it automatically puts it on. You can also download Perf Insights as a as an installable, and I've done that here on this machine. Okay, so the the reasoning behind Perf Insights is twofold. Number one, what it does is it collects all this information about a machine as it's running. And it collects everything, logs, it collects SQL information, it, whatever, you're, a lot of information that you're running on the machine. And you can even expand past that. You can actually add your own things to collect. And it's just a JSON configuration file. But you can add your own things. Now, the second part of it is really used for Microsoft support. Because Microsoft support, from an Azure perspective, if you have a ticket open with them, or you say something's going on with my machine, they'll actually tell you to install this extension and run this for them. And then they'll take the logs and, and diagnose the issue off of that. Okay? So I have this uh, 20, 2016 machine. And what I do is I have something, I don't know if anybody's ever used this, something called heavy load. Um, what it does is it just basically generates load. Um, it'll generate file load, memory load, CPU, whatever you want. And Perf Insights is going to actually record that load, and I'm going to be able to look at it, right? So I'm going to set this. This is set to run for two minutes. And I'm going to start this up, and then I'm going to start Perf Insights. First, I'm going to show you what Perf Insights um, from a command line perspective. Okay, if you just run Perf Insights, okay, it'll tell you what the command sequence is. It's not a GUI. All right, there's no GUI to it. It's a command sequence. And you can, you know, uh, look at the doc page on Microsoft, and it'll tell you what to run here. But it is a CLI command. So I run it, 
and I'm going to run it like this. I'm going to run it for uh, what they call VM slow, which is basically collecting a lot of data um, for 120 seconds, which is two minutes. And then this last long one is accept, accept disclaimer and share diagnostics, blah, 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 all the legal stuff. Okay. So I'm going to start this first. This is going to generate load on uh, CPU disk and uh, network and also, yeah, CPU disk and network is what it's going to uh, run load on. So I start that. It's running load. And then I start the Uh, the the perf insights now this is going to run for two minutes so we'll let it go here and I'll show you one that I ran earlier that did the same thing so it does what's called a collected data it creates a zip file you go inside of that zip file okay and there's perf insights report you open that up in a browser and if I can make this bigger this will actually tell me, and I want to probably stop that because it'll dog this thing. Hmm. It'll tell me that I had high CPU usage, okay? It'll tell me how what I ran to collect it, and then it'll give me machine information. Now, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that doesn't tell me anything, right? But if you go into CPU, okay, it'll actually tell you what was actually consuming the CPU um, at what point it was conceived, you can you zoom in, zoom out, and get all the data on actually what was used nice. and how much time, right? So the speculation control is, is you're basically setting up the parameters for it. Um, memory we didn't test against, storage we did. So it gives you a simple disk map, right? Um, it gives you reliability counters, okay? But I didn't test long enough for that. Um, it'll tell you the top disk consumers, hey, what's eating all the disk? And then actually, you know, what's using the IOPS? You know, what is and when did the actual IOPS show up and, you know, what's consuming that? So from a troubleshooting standpoint, this is really kind of a cool tool that you can use um, for your machine um, because it'll tell you a lot if you're an administrator, but if you'd rather hand this over to Microsoft support or they tell you to use it, you're basically just uploading that zip file to them. Does and Mike, we did have one question come across. Oh. Yeah. Were you going to get that one, Chris? No, no, go ahead, Ken. Yeah, they were just basically wondering if Perf Insights uh, it runs on Azure only or can it run on, you know, your own quote-unquote real Windows? Yeah, it, it will run on your real Windows, but it'll, uh, the last time I wrote it, which, uh, when I ran it, it was, it, it complained a lot. <laughs> uh, because it actually goes out and, and looks for resources on the Azure, from the Azure perspective. Um, through the extension agent, and I, I mean, I think you can. I think I, I think that Microsoft is realizing, hey, this is something we can run both on-prem and, you know, in the cloud. Um, so yes, I believe you can. I mean, it, it's a real simple. I mean, uh, Google, you know, Perf Insights download. It, it's a real simple, executable. Download it, run it on a local machine, and see what happens. I've, I've actually already downloaded it, and I'm running it against heavy load right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Awesome. Two, two, two new tools. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem at all. All right. So I don't have a lot of time left. I do what I, the, the last thing I do want to show is something, um, if anybody does any work with Grafana, I don't know if anybody does, I highly encourage you to look at, look at it if you don't already. 
So Grafana is basically a virtual appliance that you can set up inside of Azure, or you can, you know, set it up as a physical server. It, it, it's basically a, a presentation tool. It uses a bunch of other tools to ingest data and things like that. But you can just, you know, go into the marketplace in Azure uh, and install the Grafana appliance. And when you do that, you have the ability to add something called, you know, from a data source, you have the ability to add, to add something called the Azure Monitor. Okay, and the Azure Monitor is actually uh, a plugin that allows you to monitor things inside of Azure. Now, for those of you that have worked with Grafana before or worked with similar ones like Prometheus or, 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 or Zabbix or Xenos or anything like that, Nagios, you know, whatever have you, um, that you work with those before, you know that you, you know, you have to go the process of creating the data source and then you have to, you know, create your dashboards and create your alerts and things like that. But if you already have this established, okay, this is awesome. You can just bring in the Azure plugin and then add it to everything else that you're already monitoring, right? And this is with any tool, really, but I, I do it with Grafana. So in Grafana, I have a dashboard made. <clears throat> so basically, it's just a demo, and this is just picking up percentage of CPU. If you know how to do this, you basically just go ahead and add. I can go in here, and I can add a heat map. And if I go into the heat map, I click on edit. Um, it'll ask me for the data source. I tell I want my Azure monitor. It'll bring up everything, all the resource groups I have in Azure monitor. I can select the, the namespace, which I say, okay, I wanna uh, look at virtual machines. Um, I wanna look at that virtual machine. And then the metric I actually wanna look at is like, uh, I don't know, um, disk, bar, disk in, disk write whatever, and it'll show me a heat map of that, okay? And these obviously can get very, you know, these dashboards and, and your alerting and stuff can get, you know, pretty intensive. I mean, if you look at the test data that they have, um, you know, you can create all kinds of really cool graphs and charts and all that kind of funky stuff. Um, it, it, and I got to tell you, from my experience, I created Grafana knock screens. Um, the network operations folks, they love this stuff. You know, they just love the, you know, being able to, in their dark rooms, being able to look up at color, pretty colored graphs and stuff like this, and and being able to see what's going on. But uh, I do notice I've only got five minutes left. I don't want to, I don't want to hog up any more time. If anybody's got any more questions, I would love to show you more. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully someday I'll be able to. But do we have any other questions? That's that's the problem with uh, with somebody saying please please show us all the cloud services in uh, 45 <laughs> minutes or less, please. Uh, it's 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 impossible. Um, a, a quick question on the uh, on the on Grafana is is yeah. that um, is that installed in Azure and then runs as an appliance there? Sure. What I'll show you actually real quick. If you go in and actually create a resource, mm. if you type in Grafana here, okay. Grafana comes up, you can actually install Grafana Labs, and it's the actual uh, virtual appliance. Nice. And you can, even, you can even install it as a container image if you guys work with, you know, if you've worked with containers. Hmm. Um, but um, you just install this, and then you have a Grafana instance that gives you a URL to connect to, and you're up and running. Is that multi-cloud, or is that Azure-specific? Uh, this, is, this is Azure-specific. No, so, no, no, I, I mean the, the Grafana offering. So I guess you mean ingesting data or just the appliance offering? The the so I, I guess let me let me peel this back a second and get clarity okay. on the question. Is it is it a 
is it so this this is from the marketplace in Azure. So is this is this developed by a third party or is this developed by Microsoft for Azure? No, this is the this Grafana appliance is 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 created by Grafana Labs. Okay. So the folks that created Grafana, the only thing that Microsoft created was the Azure Monitor plugin for Grafana. Gotcha. Okay. So you need to yeah you need to add the Azure Monitor plugin uh, once you get Grafana up and running, which is uh, basically a couple of clicks. That's all you have to do. Um, but, and then once you have Gravana running up in Azure, you can ingest data from anywhere, on-premises, in a cloud, another cloud, wherever you want. It's, it's basically another, you know, just another place to ingest all of your logging data and your and statistics. Very cool. Cool. I, th I think that answers the question. Um, and and there, uh, the, the last question on Grafana is it's, it is open source, isn't it? And the answer yes, to that is, is yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. If I go here and create, excuse me, um, some people will get freaked out because it'll come up and say buy. Mm -hmm. okay, well, it won't let me show it because you got to fill all this out first. But when you click on when it comes up and it says you need to agree to purchase this, all you're agreeing to is you're purchasing the consumption that Grafana uses. You're not you're not paying for Grafana itself. You're paying for the consumption, the this backend storage, you know, because it's storing all this data and it's doing all this stuff. You're just agreeing to pay for that. Very that cool. happens. That happened. That happens to a lot because a lot of folks will freak out at that and say, "Yeah, you know, I don't want to pay for this." Well, you're really only paying for the consumption. Hmm. Makes sense. One last thing, uh, if I could, really quickly. Um, does anybody have any questions? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Ken, do you see any other ones? I do not, and I think the reason is uh, our audience is awestruck, and they're just taking in all the new information. <laughs> As like me, they're taking notes furiously. Oh my goodness! Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's been comments like "come back, please," and this was awesome. Yeah. So so yeah, definitely. So just to let you guys know, I mean, if you ever want to deploy something in Azure, this is really simple. You ever go out and you just do a Google search for Quick Start templates, mm -hmm. and literally. There are hundreds of templates where I can actually go through and, you know, set out a, uh, a VM multiple IP config. If I if I click on that, I can actually just click here, deploy to Azure, and it'll deploy it. Okay, this is kind of important. I'm going to make this this real quick point here. Hmm. This is kind of important when you get down to um, dealing with managed services in Azure. Mm -hmm. Okay, because managed services, it's really difficult to monitor some of the managed services. So they actually have um, services, okay, some, some of these quick start templates that will allow you to do it. So what it does is you deploy this managed disk performance meter, deploy it to Azure, and it'll actually give you a performance reading of the managed disk, which you have no control over, which is in Azure. But it's just a VM you spin up. It measures the managed disk performance. It gives you output, and then you can destroy it. Okay, that's and that's cool. basically what it says. Very cool. So I encourage, yeah, I encourage everyone to go out and check those out as well. But uh, um, yeah, if there's anything else, please, you know, let me know. Um, you can reach me at Nell Media. You can reach me at Mike at GeekTweakers.com. Uh, there's no real website at GeekTweakers. Uh, there's a specific reason why there's no website there uh, but you can always reach me at that and uh, I, I can't tell you how much I really appreciate you guys helping me out and uh, have for having me on it's it's been a it's been a blast 
Great. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for, and definitely come back if you want to again. And thanks everybody for tuning in tonight.